Awesome. Mm-hmm. I don't need to lean into the mic at all, do I? No, you're good. Yes, you'll get comfortable and then you'll start. I mean, it's okay. Speeding? Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we are rolling into another episode of The Candace Owens Show. Today, being a conservative outwardly is considered, for whatever reason, to be quite fringe. Being a conservative black person, then, would make you double fringe. If you were a conservative black hip-hop artist, you would be triple fringe. My, me- my next guest here is, is going to break all the records because he is a conservative black hip-hop artist who grew up under the theocracy of Saudi Arabia. I don't even know what to make of that. Zuby, welcome to the Candace Owens Show. What's up? Thank you very much. I Happy mean, to be here. What is going on? So let's just talk, <laughs> let's just start from, I guess, how you were discovered on the internet. Everybody has their internet moments these days, okay. right? There's there's actually some prediction models where it predicts that everybody will be a little famous at some point in their life thanks to the birth of the internet. But you did something uh, which definitely caught my attention, me and my fiance's attention. Um, you smashed mm-hmm. all of the deadlift records <laughs> for women in the UK. Yeah, and the bench press as well. And and the bench press yeah, as well. In my weight class. So I you took are it. you I mean, you are the champion of women's deadlifting and bench pressing in the UK. Yeah, exactly. I, I uh so end of February, I posted up a tweet saying something like, I keep hearing about how there's no biological strength differences between men and women, so watch me break the British women's deadlift record without trying. And uh, it was a video of me deadlifting 230 kg, which is about 50 kilos below my maximum, but 15 kilos above the women's record. So, uh, and oh, and I wrote, don't, I identified as woman while lifting the weight, so don't be a bigot. And <laughs> this thing took off. You know, I, I tweeted it thinking, yeah, this will get a couple hundred likes, a couple people will like this and retweet it. And it just went super viral. It's had like over one and a half million views now. It was covered on international television, international news. It was on in the UK here. It was on Good Morning Britain, uh, in the Sunday Times, the Daily Mail, the Sun. In the US, it was on Tucker Carlson Tonight. Joe Rogan talked about it on his podcast. Uh, Sky News Australia. I was on the Ben Shapiro show, Louder with Crowd. It just, it just went nuts. It just went nuts. And to this day, like several months later, it's still getting comments. People are still, because people are still discovering it. Right. So people are still kind of coming across it and being like, oh, wow, this is, this is crazy. Uh, I've got people mad at me for all sorts of different reasons. Why would they be mad at you? You identified as a woman. They're bigots. Well, bigots are mad at you. Some, some people are mad at me because they think I genuinely, so for the record, this was not in a sanctioned powerlifting meet. So I, I didn't actually take the records. I'm not officially the record holder. Well, you should pursue it. There are no biological I, differences between men and women. I, well, you, you won know, fair are, and square. You woke up one day and smashed all the records. That's that's what I've told people who are trying to criticize me. Bigots. Exactly. All well, of them. Exactly. So, yeah, it was really interesting. And th- I think the thread caught even more fire because people were saying stuff like this. And, you know, some people were going, hey, no, you're not you're not really a woman or you're not really. And I was, <laughs> and I was just like, well, how dare you? challenge this. How you know, dare you assume my gender? You're assuming my gender, you're, you're challenging my lived experience, you're denying my... Re- I, I know all the arguments. So it was causing a lot of cognitive dissonance in people, which I think made them angry. So, But it was interesting. You know, I, I didn't expect it to go so far, but I think the timing of it, like I didn't realize how big of a conversation this whole thing was. I think maybe because the Olympics are coming up. 
So they've had to make decisions around the rules and stuff like that. So I was getting pulled into all these different interviews on BBC and whatnot, and they wanted to know my opinion on all the matters. And yeah, it's been it's been weird. Like the weirdest thing about it is as an artist, as a musician, I mean, I've been I put up my very first album independently in 2006. So I've been I've been on the map. I've been grinding for a long time. And it's just really weird that of all the music videos I've put out, all the albums I've put out, the thing that got the most attention was this nine second video <laughs> of me doing a deadlift whilst identifying as a woman. You know, I have a theory about why that is. Go for it. I think um, right now, and I talked about this on a, on, a, on a former episode with Mario Lopez, is that there actually is such a lack of diversity intellectually in, in music. You can't take risks anymore in art, right? You can't mm. take risks anymore unless, unless you're banned. So we're actually not being innovative anymore. We're not getting anything that's new or anything that's diverse yeah. in terms of, you know, the majority of things that we're hearing in music, they can't take any risk in music. Comedy, they can't take any risk in comedy or they will completely risk having their um, entire lives wiped away and careers wiped away. I mean, think mm. about what happened to Kevin Hart. So I think um, what you're actually hitting at is that this sort of like underground movement of really talking about social issues in really creative ways yeah. is kind of becoming the new punk rock, rock and roll where this feels new, this feels different. And people are latching on to that because people don't want everything to be the same. We have to be able to challenge thoughts, challenge ideas and to make fun of certain things. And Absolutely. what you did was a brilliant blend of comedy and yet speaking to a larger issue. Exactly. And I think that's why it hit the head because I think that's why it hit the nail on the head and people resonated with it because it wasn't it wasn't aggressive or, you know, attacking anybody. It was just like, look, this is the logic that has been presented with, that we've been presented with. So I'm just going to apply the logic here and I'm going to identify as a woman and I'm going to break this record. And by your own logic, you can't criticize me on any level here because then you're going against what you've been saying this right. whole time, right? You're saying, well... I can, if I choose, if I identify now as a woman, then, you know, and you've got this whole concept of gender fluidity as well. So you don't even need to be consistent. So I can say like, okay, at the start of this interview, I was a man, but now I identify as a woman. And right. now I want now you to- Now I identify as a man. Exactly. So we now need to, you don't use pronouns when you're talking one-on-one -on -one with someone, but if we were, I now need to, uh, in the third person, refer to Candace as he until, right. until you change again. And then, you know, we, it's all a little bit ridiculous. Well, it's, it's like um, a mass mental, in my opinion, it's all like a mass mental disorder that they're demanding everybody has. This is the thing. It's, um, you know, and, and it's one of those, it's like an emperor's new clothes thing, right? Um, there are so many people like night. A lot of people think I got like low, would have gotten loads of like hate for that tweet and stuff like that. But 99.9% .9 of people knew exactly what I was getting at. Thought it was funny. Thought it was making a good point. Understood it wasn't you know, like super insensitive or like harsh to anybody. It wasn't even kind of insensitive. No, no, I mean, no. You were pointing at something that is pointedly absurd. Yeah. Right. And if your feelings were hurt by it, it's because you've been, you've, you've been prioritizing your feelings exactly. over hard facts. You exactly. know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And, and it, it's, and with this one, I mean, I guess also it's a bigger issue because it's, it seems silly, but it's quite a serious issue, right? So if you're talking about women's sports, Okay, and you've got people who are pushing for biological men to be able to compete in women's sports. That's going to 
that's going to get ugly pretty quickly. It already has. It already it's has, and States, it's going to get worse. In the States, yeah. it's already gotten ugly. And, and I just think about these poor girls that have worked their entire lives, the amount yeah. of training that they have put into, right? Whether it's long distance running or uh, or, or, or or throwing, uh, what is the thing? Shot putting, shot. right? Shot putting. Yeah. They can spend their entire lives training for that. Yeah. Like you said, a guy can get up, wake up in the morning yeah. and have a coffee and, and shatter all the records. And keep in mind, I'm not a, I'm not a professional powerlifter. I don't, even, I don't even compete. Yeah, it's right. just that simple. I mean, men are men. <laughs> are biologically yeah. physically stronger than women as a rule maybe there's yeah. some you know some scrawny guys obviously that some always stronger girls can be yeah. but there are always exceptions but as a rule mm. um, and we should be living our lives according to rules and not exceptions and, and the left these radical leftists are demanding that we now live our lives according to exceptions rather than rules so it's in this case it's exceptional when somebody goes through gender dysphoria they're now trying to make that a rule mm. and say we all now we got to change the bathroom signs to accommodate this less than one percent issue that we have. Now we've got to allow these people into sports and disrupt an industry um, that's come so far. And, and, and that makes perfect sense. There's nothing wrong with it. So let's completely disrupt it with exceptions. Yeah. It's it's ideology. And I think in some cases, I do think in some cases it's misguided compassion. In some cases, I think it's a lot more insidious than that. I think a lot of people are like, oh, these progressives, they're just so nice that they want just everybody to be, I'm like, I don't really buy that. I think that it's quite insidious for a lot of people. I don't think that a lot, I think a lot of those people are bullies in their own way. Right. They're not, they're, they're trying to claim they're the ones being bullied, but they actually want to be the ones controlling and dominating other people. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's like, I wanted to believe it was misguided um, compassion. But Mm. as I start to see this emergence of even like white guilt, right? I'm like, these people do not actually feel bad for black people. And the the best testament to that is you and I, right? The best (laughs) testament, right? Because if if they were really just like, I feel so bad for being white and I feel so bad that you're having a different experience. then when I told you my experience, I told you I was conservative. Your your instinct would not be to call me uh, a racial epithet or call me an Uncle Tom or call me a coon. So that means that you doing this is not about you caring about black people it's about you wanting to take the moral high ground which then you think gives you the right to go in and to bully other people which means you can now bully all other white people in the world and say you don't understand the plight of black people and that's why i say i always feel like they're treating us like animals that need rescuing you know Mm -hmm. the person i rescued this puppy uh you know from a pound or i i I do this you you want your virtue signals people think that you are a better person when in fact you're not yeah you're just more clever yeah. And I, th- I mean, I think it's good that why well, I, I keep saying in the past couple of years, I think the mask is slipping. The mask is slipping off these people. Right. right? I, because I, I've been, t- I've been saying this stuff for a long time. Like I've, because I was, you know, before we went on, we went, before we went on air, I was saying, I'm not someone whose political views or leanings have ever really changed. Like literally since I was a, a kid through my teenage years, early adulthood, I've always been. I don't really like to label myself on the political spectrum because I think it's a lot more complex than that. But I've always been like center right, shall we say. And I've kind of moved downwards towards libertarianism as time has gone on, just because that's always what made sense for me. Those are the kind of values I was raised with uh, by my parents and everything like that. My views have always just been around that, you know, hard work, personal responsibility, not wanting or expecting handouts, not looking for, you know, looking first to yourself and family to solve problems rather than looking straight to the government, all that kind of stuff. That's been, you know, religious values. I was raised a Christian. So all those things have always just naturally, I wouldn't have labeled it in the past. So, you know, I don't mind someone calling me a conservative or whatever. That's completely fine. More conservative leaning. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I I don't, I don't mind, you know, whatever label helps people, you know, It's, it's, it's cool. But, um, how about just not a leftist? 
Yeah, I'm definitely not a leftist. <laughs> I'm, cert- I'm certainly not a leftist. Um, and, and that's the thing. It's, it's like, it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. So on a private level, I've always been telling people like, this is what my personal experience has been. Like I, when I tell people the majority, so you've got a lot of people who think, first of all, I don't think the UK is a racist country, as a lot of people like to say, the UK, whether you, all these countries, you know, people are always saying, you know, it's it's systemically, institutionally, everything is, is racist, it's racist. And I've been in the UK a long time. I've been to far more cities and towns in the UK than almost anybody with my music. I've traveled to all these different cities, met tens, hundreds of thousands of people. And in real life, I've experienced, I want to say, like, less have I experienced any race, like direct racism in real life? Almost none, right? Almost none. Um, online, I've had a little bit, and it's all been from the left side of the political spectrum. They are nice. And when I tell when I tell people that, they're always they're always like sh- surprised or shocked, or they think they're like, "What do you mean?" We're so and tolerant. Like, what do you yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, that's that's the thing. And I think they genu- genuinely people don't know, but I've even seen a lot of people are more recently starting to get what I'm talking about, because I, I can point out examples and I'm like, okay, well, well, look at this, look at that. And you can see what the response is as soon as people see you deviate from what they expect. Because they're racist. So they look at you at the color of yeah. your skin and they assign all of these attributes to you. So to, to, to a leftist walking in, there is no difference between Candace and Zuby. No. Right? They look at us and they say, they vote Democrat. Um, they're victims. Uh, they've been. They, they've had terrible experiences in life, mm. um, and, and it's our job to fix it, yeah. right? And so then, if we say, "Oh, actually, no, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> I actually like the yeah. UK. I think they, it's yeah, not yeah, a racist. I say America's not a racist country. They go nuts. Yeah. They go nuts." Which is a weird thing to go nuts at. Right. It's like, oh, um, so you want me to be having a racist experience in this country? Yes. Why? Oh, because it makes you feel better. Yeah, right. Because it makes you weird. feel like you're doing something. But the other thing is that they're actually garnering power. And this is kind of, no one's really talking about this. They're garnering power for themselves in this manner. Go look at the books that you can buy now that are written by white people. Mm-hmm. Right. They're like, you know, yes, us white people need to shut up. Or yes. And, and these things will be mass produced. Yeah. Self-flagellation. But self-flagellation has become a business. It really has. So the irony of it all is that they're also puffing themselves up. They're yeah. going on speaking tours, right? Chelsea Handler has an entire Netflix series. Um, or she was filming it at least last year. I don't know if it's come out yet. Okay. About white privilege. Oh, really? Do you think? Do you think black people got paid when she went on on this white privilege thing? It's it's, it's, it's truly stunning. it's astonishing. Yeah. It is so it's like, okay, what's my next move? I can get paid if I just self-flagellate. Yeah. Right. People will keep calling me to come in for interviews, and I say that white people suck because it, it's like uh, bias confirmation, mm. right? So they they want to bring these people in, they want to offer these people money to speak, and the black black the black community will give them a platform too. Mm. And and what whose whose pockets is it, it ultimately it's, lining? It's really weird. I mean, I've I've had people get angry at me. I've had people. I've gotten in arguments of people who are trying to argue with me that I am oppressed. <laughs> so I'm here saying like, no, I'm good. Like, I'm fine. I'm not oppressed. Zuby, I'm actually. You're, you are oppressed. <laughs> yeah. And it leads to anger, right? It leads to anger. I mean, there was one guy, Um, this was just online. This was in like some YouTube comments. I'd said, I'd said something on a, I'd commented on a video or it was one of mine or something. And uh, they they went into some huge tirade about um how, how, how can you as a black man, as a descendant of slaves, blah, blah, blah. I was like. Um, I didn't descend from slaves, bro. Like, because <laughs> right. he automatically assumed I'm Black American, right? right? And I was like, um, my ancestors weren't slaves, man. Like, uh, that's not even my history. And then they were like, oh, well, what about? This? And I was like, no, that's also not 
correct. Like they were just making all these assumptions. And then in the end, like they just kind of, I can't remember what they called me. Like they called me some bad name. And I was just like, well, there, there we have it. You know what right. I mean? And, and I've, I've had a, quite a few interactions like that. And it's just very strange. You know, I don't like to paint with super broad brushes because I do think this is like a fringe group of people. I don't Louder, think that, but maybe not necessarily a majority. Exactly, exactly. So just like I wouldn't like people to look at the extreme end of, I don't know, say the right political spectrum and, you know, paint, try to paint everybody with that brush. I don't want to look at the far left end of the political spectrum and paint sort of all people who lean left or all liberals exist. Like, I don't think that's But you know the why case. I think you can do it, why you can paint it with a broad, mm. with a broad brush? Um, because here's the difference between the left and the right. When somebody is a radical on the right, we all call it out. Right. If, if you're on the right and, and there's like a, an actual white supremacist, course, right, yeah. there, there's not you are not going to find any mainstream conservative that's going to give that a platform. It's going mm. to say it's OK that, or is going to pretend that it's not happening. Mm. Right. So like, no, there's no conservative no. Uh, mainstream person that's going to make David Duke OK. No. Any radical leftist, they make okay. They make Alyssa Milano okay. Mm -hmm. They make Chelsea Hand okay. I mean, these people are are vicious. They say terrible things online. Mm -hmm. And they ultimately say things that are racist, like Mm -hmm. Alyssa Milano hijacking black history and saying the MAGA hat is is the new KKK KKK symbol. She has no history of the KKK. And that's not that's not that far long ago, like for black Americans. Like yeah. my grandfather grew up with the real KKK yeah. um, and was attacked by them in his youth and they would shoot bullets in his home. Mm. She's These people aren't even, de- our answers aren't even dead yet. And she's hijacking that. They never call it out. In fact, they give it a platform. Yeah. Same they with want Ant- Antifa. Antifa. They, when have they ever said Antifa is wrong? In fact, yeah. on CNN, Andrew Cuomo, I mean, um, Andrew Cuomo was the, the, who's his brother? Chris. Uh, Chris Cuomo. Yeah sanctioned them. Yeah, so. He sanctioned Antifa. So you know what? Until you're willing to call out your own radicals, I'm very happy to paint it with a very broad brush. Mm. That's my perspective. Yeah, no, I, I, I can understand that. You know, I think there's two reasons for it. I think one is that conservatives like borders. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, 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 I mean that dead serious. Yeah. I, I mean that metaphorically and physically, right? I think conservative-minded people are better at delineating things and making lines and saying, okay, this is okay. That's too far. This is okay. That's yeah, too far. More, stru- and more structured. Exactly. That, and by, by definition, you right. know, people who are more liberal minded. Um, I mean, this goes, this is the same reason why most musicians and creative people and actors tend to be liberals, right? It's just a personality trait. Because if you're a creative, you don't want to have too much rigidity and borders and stuff like that. And then that, that personality type filters into people's politics. I mean, if you get people to do personality tests with some good degree of accuracy, you can predict their political leanings. So the reason the world of entertainment, music, acting, Hollywood, and all that leans very heavily left, it's not just because of some kind of indoctrination and whatever. It's because creative people are like that. Just like if you look at mechanical engineers, they lean very heavily conservative because it's very, that type of brain. Right. leans that way, which is really interesting. So I think because of that, it's easier for someone who's like, a, say, like a standard conservative or center right or whatever to have like a very clear border. This is wrong. Yeah, a clear border of when the right goes too far. You've heard Jordan Peterson talk about this. You know, mm-hmm. it's easy to tell when the right goes too far. Yeah. Right. Notions of, um, you know, extreme nationality or ethno-nationalism or racial superiority, all those kind of ideas. Mm-hmm. That's like when the right goes too far. Mm-hmm. But for the left, that's not as clearly... It's not as clearly defined. Yeah, they, they, they just, they almost view it mm. as just a different person having a different experience who yeah. should be allowed to express themselves for that experience. Yeah. And and you see this existing, I think, in, in and one way that you can really see it playing out on the left is in American politics with the splintering of 
what it means to even be a Democrat. You've got mm. AOC running around pushing for Marxism and socialism, mm. and then you have the more moderate Dems who won't say anything to her as, as you know, she's saying things that are completely horrendous, standing on the backs of, of six million murdered Jews just to score a political point um, against Donald Trump, and they don't call it out. So mm. that's my why I don't say, okay, well, I know you're not all like oh, yeah, this, yeah, until yeah, yeah. you're willing to stand up and say, this is, who are you? Mm. Stand up and say, this is actually what it means to be a liberal, mm -hmm. and we have nothing to do with the leftists, mm -hmm. then, then you, you know what? You all want to pretend you're in, you're in the same sandbox? Play together. Well, the people who do that get called right wing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. So that's I, con I concede that point, Zuby. Yeah, that, that's why it's right. funny, you know, guys you like... one thing against AOC? Oh, yeah, that's why it's put funny. Put on a MAGA hat and get out of here, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's been true. interesting, you know, watching the transition of, you know, guys like Dave Rubin or even um, people who are more, you know, to the left of him, like the Weinstein brothers and stuff, right? Um, or Tim Pool, right? Who are clearly politically mm -hmm. lean left, but because they're willing to do this call out and say, no, wait, hang on, that's going too far. Or wait, no, that's stupid. They're, they're not, you know, they now get the accusations from people saying, oh, you're not really on our side, you're on their side, or you're alt-right or you're this or that and it's it's kind of hilarious to watch but it's also a little bit sad because you're it just kind of like what and is and going Dave, on it is sad and Dave is actually a really good friend of mine so I can I can tell the story and call it out but I I warned Dave early the yeah. very first time I met him <laughs> uh, when we had dinner and he was sort of playing this game and it was also I would say Ben Shapiro plays this game and they're they're good friends where they teeter on the fence because mm. they 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 you know they also want to create conversation with the left so they'll invite you know somebody on the left onto their show to have a conversation and then they'll offer and I guess to, to maybe even appear fair hand to do a lot of critiquing of people on the right mm -hmm. um, for things that I think you could let slide, right? Like Donald Trump's tweet. Oh, I didn't like his tweet. That's not okay unless he says something radical, yeah. right? Um, all in, he's doing he's doing a really good job of trying to pluck through all, you know, to to sort of comb through all of this mess that we've created in America. And, I, and what I said to him was, I said, Dave. You can play this game and you can teeter on the fence. You can try to be the middleman, but there is no such thing as the middleman. Mm. I said at the very first opportunity they get, the left will eat you alive. <laughs> Conservatives will allow you to go speak to leftists. Yeah. Conservatives will allow you to say you're a liberal. Liberal. Conservatives will allow you to do whatever you want, but be careful who you make friends with because just so you know, at the very first chance of the first sign of a scandal or the first opportunity or window that they see that they can that they can throw you out of, they will do it. And he's learned he's learned that lesson tremendously over the last couple of months. And it's like, I genuinely hate to say I told mm. you so, but they are not tolerant of different opinions. We are. That's we what, are. That, I have so, liberal friends. I have, so I have friends that were in the trenches of the Me Too movement, yeah. right? That are coming to my wedding and I was the most outspoken person against it because you know what? I'm tolerant. Yeah. I don't agree with it. I don't like where it went. But if it meant something to you and it gave you a chance to come out and tell your story, great. We can still be friends. We just we need to agree to disagree. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the, the whole tolerance thing I find hilarious. I find it hilarious because I'm all, again, for years, I've always said, I find conservatives to be way more tolerant. Of course. And people are like, what do you mean? How, what do you mean? I'm like. Point proven, right? Like my, my lived experience, to use your own phrase, right? Like I'm just, you know, I know people of lots of different political persuasions. And I, I meet so many different people. And I know that if I'm talking, I don't, if I'm talking to people who are like leaning right or conservative, whatever, I don't need to walk on any eggshells. Right. I don't need to walk on any you. eggshells. I know I can just be me. I know I can crack jokes. I know I can say stuff. I know I can be satire, use satire, or, you know, just say words without worrying like, oh my gosh, did I say a taboo word? Did I say, I mean, I don't, I don't even. What do they call them? Uh, microaggressions. Did micro you, yeah. Was it a microaggression? Did I somehow it's, say something? I mean, the brain path, the brain waves <laughs> of a leftist, it's like you say something, it, it goes here. And then it's like, how could that have been offensive? Was I offended? 
What did he say that could have possibly made me offended? Mm. Ah, ah, ah. There it is. And I can't believe he did it. It's like this is how, this is their thought process. And then mm. you're right. It's exactly like walking on eggshells the whole time. You can't have fun. Yeah. They're, they're just the, taking the fun out of everything. Yeah, it is. It is very, very funny. I mean, I know. Um, yeah, I mean, conservatism really has become the new counterculture. It's interesting for me as well. I mean, I do remember. So like I was born, I was born in the in uh, in 86. And I remember in the 90s, most of the uh, I guess intolerance and censorship and outrage and over moralizing was mostly coming from the right. Okay, so I remember like with video games, with rap music, with heavy metal music, like different art forms and stuff, right? And when people were really trying to like shut it down, that was primarily coming from the right side of the political spectrum, both in the UK and the US. And I remember that quite clearly. Wow. And it's really interesting how it's inverted. Several de- several decades later, so the the finger wagging, the loss of the not having a sense of humor, the pro censorship, pro set, you know, this song needs to be banned. This, you know, th- that's all coming from the left side of the political spectrum now, which is really interesting. So it used to be the people on the left who were really pro free speech, anti censorship, you know, you know, let us do, you know, art can be whatever it can be, subversive, comedy can be subversive, and now it's people on the right and conservatives who are now defending that, even if it's like I don't even. Like I find myself often de- defending stuff I don't even like. You know, I don't right. even I don't even use profanity. I don't even swear. I don't cuss. Not in my music. Not in real life. Not in anything. And I'm one of the most like staunch pro free speech people. Not because I want to say something horrible, but I'm like, well, I will. What's that phrase? You know, I I don't I I can I dis- will defend yes, your right. Yeah. I will defend. I'll disagree with everything you say, but I'll I defend, defend your right, your right to, say to say it. You know, it, yeah. so I've been the I've been the same one doing that. You know, I remember um two two women I've had on my own podcast, like two of them. You know. They're both very out, outspoken feminists. I speak featured both of them on my podcast. Um, and, you know, people know I'm very critical of lots of aspects of modern feminism. But I remember when they when they got kicked off Twitter, I was like shouting like, no, like that's not right. They shouldn't be they shouldn't be censored. Right. I, I might disagree with them on several positions, but I'm the one saying no, like. Yeah, they'll go for them and then they'll go for them. But, you know, they're going to close I in. Agree. They're going to close in on I everybody. Actually, like, I actually think that you should let them talk because they're so wrong that it, the best way, your only way you're going to be able to shut that down is mm. to defeat them ideologically, to win. I mean, you, there has to be a free market of ideas, yeah. right? And and the one that will get bought the most is the one that is that that just wins because it's a better product. And I think uh, ideologically, conservatives mm. have a better product, right? Mm. So the this whole idea of getting your life in order, like Jordan Peterson says, making your bed, feeling yeah. good about yourself. Um, uh, feeling good, looking good, working out, going to the gym, all of this stuff that we're saying that we know builds people up versus the left, their ideas is be miserable all the time, be outraged all the time, find reasons to be upset all the time, figure out how you can be a victim. Mm. Fine, give them a platform, give them a microphone. I'll go, I'll go toe-to-toe with any one of these people and debate my ideas and why yeah. I, I and argue why my life is better and why I believe, especially as someone who started her life liberally mm. and, and made the conversion, fortunately, before it was too late, <laughs> uh, how much better my life has gotten. What, you was, know? The, what was the key turning point for you? Trump. Yeah. Trump, it was it was one, I can pin it down to one sentence um, that Trump said, which was black America, what do you have to lose? And I, I am one, I'm uh, my family. I have a stunning, a stunningly split family okay. in terms of the way that I was brought up. My dad's family, all conservative beliefs, mm-hmm. uh, faith, family. Grandpa was with my grandma, mother, mm-hmm. uh, until his dying day, got married when they were 17. My mother's family, the exact opposite, okay. right? Like, so took the route of government handouts, believe, you know, have have taken the the path of, of victimhood um, and, and 
I, I wanted to live like my dad's family because they're, they're, my grandfather was happy. Mm. And this is a man that grew up during during racial, racial times when, when with it the was KKK. Actual, when it was legitimate. When it was bad. legit, yeah, when he yeah. could have said, I am a victim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never did it, yeah. not once, refuses to say it to this day. That's the craziest and, thing. And, and nobody wants to talk about it, but the way he speaks about the Ku Klux Klan is like they were children. Like, I mean, mm. he was a boy when they shot into his home, but the best thing is hearing my grandfather tell that story. And he'd say, you know, yeah, they'd come around to the house and, and we'd run to the back and us kids, we'd run under the bed and my daddy would grab the shotgun and shoot back at them boys. Yeah. I mean, he makes them sound like pathetic little punks and there's yeah. so much power in that, yeah. right? Um, so I'm, I'm all for just thinking that conservatives are conservatism wins because it's ultimately empowering, right? Whereas liberalism, and I'm, obviously I'm including libertarianism, yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. uh, where liberalism is just like, it's a horrible feeling. It's just a horrible feeling every day to figure yeah. out why you're upset. Well, conserv- I mean, they've done lots of studies showing conservatives are happier, right? And that shouldn't, again, that's one of those things that surprises people who are not like awake to it all. But I'm like, yeah, obviously. Because <laughs> yeah. I think it's also because I think just having a more realistic view of the world so what I find with more conservative-minded people is they tend to compare things to history and other countries. So if I'm talking, say, about the UK or about the USA with someone and someone's like, oh, the UK is a terrible country or America is a terrible country or whatever. And I'm like, what are you comparing it to? <laughs> and someone who's more leans more left, normally they're comparing it to a utopia that doesn't exist and has never existed. They're, like their version but they're of the going to per- create it. Their version of the perfect world. <laughs> Whereas I find more conservative-minded people, it's it's more realistic. You're comparing it to history. So what you were just saying, right, about your your grandparents, okay? So, you know, and, and myself, you know, my grandparents grew up in Nigeria and, you know, would have lived a much harder life in many ways than I have and my siblings have and everything. And you can, you know, you could go back 50, 60 years and you're like, okay, there was like some real stuff to, there was a lot of stuff to complain about at that time. And they didn't. Yeah. Or, or, or if they did, they did it and they got stuff done. They got like, it done. They got like, it there done. was actually something they were fighting for. I don't yeah. know what we're fighting for any, anymore, no. Black America. No. I, gen- I genuinely, I look around and I'm like, hey guys, so uh, there's no more segregation. We can do whatever we want. Um, now we're fighting for the right, this is what I believe, the, the mm. Black American argument right now. And, and now it's spreading, obviously, because what did you say backstage? Oh, <laughs> when, uh, when America sneezes, the UK catches a cold. Right, right. Yeah. Now, So now it's spreading. So yeah. America is sneezing and here's what's coming out. Um, if you figure out how you're a victim, whether it's because you're a woman, uh, because you're a woman or because you're black, uh, they want the ability to be able to not work and have everything. Yeah. That's really what, what, I, what I've been trying to get to of what the frustration is, is I haven't done anything, yeah. but why don't I have everything? And why does that guy who has done a whole lot mm. have things? Evil capitalism. Yeah. Mm. And it's because of capitalism mm. and I'm enraged. You know what? It's because of the color of his skin. Yeah. You know what? It's because he's a man. You know what? It's because he's straight. And I'm just like... Stop. <laughs> Please stop. Please stop. Please stop and get to work. Yeah. Please stop and get to work. If yeah. granddaddy could do it, if my granddaddy could do it, anybody can do it. You know what yeah. I mean? In, in America. I really do believe that. I did say something yesterday on Twitter about how it would be amazing if the people who whined and complained the most about certain politicians or the system or whatever, if they put that same time and energy into any productive endeavor, right? Whether that could be music, that could be your job, that could be setting up a business, that could be whatever it is, then one, you'd legitimately be making the world a better place. And two, you'd be you'd be a lot happier because yeah. I can my power of control is very much based around what like myself as a center and then the few people around me and my family. Like I like I've got some control 
over that. The amount of control I have over the rest of the people in the UK, let alone the rest of the people in the in the world, is is nothing. I have I have no control over that. So I'm not going to focus all my energy and attention on being outraged by the millions of actions that are happening all around the world, billions of actions that I disapprove of or certain people I don't like or whatever. This is why I find it amazing when you've had in the UK for the past two and a half years, people are screaming about Brexit. In the US for the past two and a half years, people are screaming about Trump. You've got people since he was elected every single day. I mean, I've been on some Twitter accounts and it's just every single tweet for the past two years is just whining. Yeah, but what's because they're trying to create a, a rea- an alternate reality, which is just that our our lives are completely depressed because yeah. the person that I wanted to get into yeah. office isn't in there. Yeah, I mean, I'm planning a trip to the States in, um, later on this year, and I've had people who are legitimately like, like, what, like, oh, don't go to the States, don't, you know, You're Trump. You're black, man, Trump, you can't Trump's come Trump. here, you can't come what to my country. Trump, Trump's America, right? Like, Trump's America. Don't. Like, oh, no, like, are you sure you want to go you at sure? this time? And they mean it, like, they're genuinely worried. And I'm just like, dude, nice. like, <laughs> America has changed? gotten like, so well, much better. I'm, I'm kind of like, what's, I tell those people, what's okay, changed? Just like, turn off the TV. Yeah. Oh, my God. If everyone just turned off the TV, <laughs> turned down the radios yeah. and went outside, they'd be like, this is, now it's I see right. what people say. It's the greatest country in the world. Yeah, I mean, okay. America is, is just, it's so amazing. It's gotten more amazing. And honestly, the best thing you can do, if, if because it's starting up now while you're in America, go to a Trump rally. And oh, I gosh. say that because, and I say this, <laughs> black people have been converted from, from leftists to Republicans. <laughs> I, I'm serious. I've had them on my show yeah. because they went to a Trump rally because they were shocked. Uh, you know, uh, uh, they were shocked regarding what people were saying was happening inside mm-hmm. of these rallies and what actually was. Yeah. And the spirit of patriotism that moves in the room, the love, the, the amount of like, this is my brother, this is my sister. I don't care what color you are. I don't care if you're disabled. I don't care what, le- like, you know, uh, what multiple languages you speak. That that camaraderie and that patriotism that you feel when you are um, in, in the midst of a, a Trump rally, mm. It cannot, there's nothing that compares to it. And then you can't unsee it. And that's why we have this media that's rushing and doing everything (coughs) they can to stop people from experiencing things. The media doesn't want people to experience anything. They want them to memorize things that they're telling them is happening. They want to be the lens for which, uh, through which everybody sees the world. And what people aren't doing is going and experiencing it. Mm. If you really do believe that Trump is a racist, sexist, misogynist, uh, second coming of Hitler, go to a Trump rally and confirm your suspicions. You'll be there for five minutes and you'll figure that out. Yeah. Well, I think what's happened is um, I think both Trump's election and Brexit to a lesser degree, they tore a hole in the fabric of a lot of people's reality. Okay. So people thought, millions of people in America thought the world was a certain way and that the country was a certain way and that their worldview was completely right. And his election proved that it wasn't, which is why I think they, you know, had couldn't even believe it, and they were pushing the whole uh, he was installed by Russia thing, right? Because it's hard to it's hard to admit you're wrong, right? If you've got something in your worldview that is wrong, and it's pointed out that it's wrong, because I mean, a good worldview allows you to predict things, right? So if the world works in the way I think it is, Trump can't win if the world works the way I think it is, right? But then he won, and so either you have people who are like, okay, that caught me by surprise. I was blindsided. Let me talk to the people who voted for him and let me look more into what the other side believes to understand how he won. And then you have the people who rejected that. And the only way he could have won whilst still working in their worldview is that America is a really racist country. So they, in their own mind, genuinely believe that he is 
the second coming of Hitler and that he is a white supremacist and that he has all these things that, they need to. that have been pe- peddled, right? It's like the protector cushioning their minds. Yeah, because that's the only way, that's the only explanation. Mm-hmm. And then as a result, you know, all the 60 million people or whatever who voted for him, they must also have some racist sympathies right. or whites, e- even if they're black, and even they're if still, they're Latino. Like, the funny thing is, is this, this was the progression. It was mm. the only reason Trump is the candidate on the right is because there's still some racists mm-hmm. that we've got to wean out, right? Yeah. But don't worry, Hillary's going to be president. You don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Then Hillary loses and it yeah. becomes, oh, there were even more racists exactly. than we yeah. thought, yeah. right? So here's my vision, right? Crack the black vote. Mm-hmm. Then what's it going to be? Oh, God. <gasps> No, that'll be the black white supremacists. Yeah, we yeah, never saw it coming. I mean, they're completely delusional. I'm joking. That'll be a thing. They call me a black white supremacist. I've been, I've been called that. Right. So, so they're, then they're going to say <laughs> so. there were the racists have been so active, yeah. so proactive, and have been doing such a good job that they've convinced the black people mm-hmm. to be white supremacists. Yeah, it's that amazing. will be 2020. Yeah, it's it's truly it's truly amazing. So rather than just going, you know what, maybe I was maybe wrong. I was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of going, maybe, maybe I was wrong. Maybe I missed something. Yeah, it's like they've just doubled, tripled, <laughs> tripled quadrupled, quadrupled down. And, and I, I find it, uh, it's weird to me because like, I haven't been to the States in 10 years, but I, I kind of watch it from a from a distance and I'm just sort of in this constant state of amazement of like, what, what? is going on over there? Like, it's, it's madness. can't people just, it's not that hard to understand. Right. It's not like, that hard. Like, you might, you might still you had dis- it wrong. Yeah, like you might still disagree. Right. You might still be like, yeah, I just still don't like this guy or I still don't like this party or whatever. That's, that's fair enough. That's an opinion. But it's not that hard to understand what, is going on there and you can tell they don't because the way a lot of stuff is going now it's almost like they want him to win again mm-hmm. that's a, I, I, I feel that way i'm like do you so yeah. we're just going to recreate the wheel and just call even more people racist yeah. and sexist and now for the black people that are starting to come out and say oh hey i disagree with that you're just going to call them black white supremacists yeah. and you think this is going to work in your favor yeah. in your favor it's like just i mean you're making tr- like it's at the stage now where, I mean, in 2016, I was kind of like, hmm, if I was an American, I might vote for Trump. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I said this out loud to a lot of people and people were mortified. Um, <laughs> now, now in 2020, I'm like, if I were a black American, I would, if I were an American, I would definitely vote for Trump. And people look at me with even more mortified. Right. And then, but it's because a lot of times it's almost like, the, <laughs> I don't want to give the Democrats advice, but it's almost <laughs> like, just don't be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you know what I mean? Like, like you're making you're making Trump look really, really reasonable, like a very stable you're genius. You're making him look stable with some of the positions you're taking on some certain right. issues. Just like don't be crazy. They're just going. They're going nuts. Right, and, and right? now you're starting to and see I'm it's cracking like, because look at Bill Maher now. Where he's just like, guys, yeah, yeah, or, or Trevor yeah, Noah, he, yeah, he gets Trevor it. Noah, who's kind of like, okay, guys, you know, I defended you through the first the first three hurdles of absolute insanity, but now it's, you're actually going too far for yeah. me. I'm getting tired of this of this yeah. race of crazy. And you're right. I, I always try to envision what a DNC strategy session is like. Like, who is running this? Like, who mm. is behind this thing? Call me in, guys. You, you give me, you you pay me money. I'll come in. I'll just tell you everything you're doing wrong. <laughs> I'll get it all done in uh, 30 seconds. Don't be crazy, yeah. right? So this whole thing that you're doing is just nuts. Don't mm. be nuts. That's the best advice they could, that, that they could possibly try to instill within their own party. And they can't do it. They're finding more reasons to be crazy, more things mm-hmm. that they can just screw up and make upside down. Like they just want to do this and- Invert it, yeah. Shake it a little bit and then do, and I'm just, what is what is wrong with you? You're clearly, like, now people are voting on whether they're going to live in a sane world or an insane world. Forget, mm. you know, it's not even about Trump. It's about sanity. Yeah. We are voting for sanity right now. Yeah. 
which is amazing that a vote for Trump is a vote for sanity. Wait, did you ever? Yeah. I never thought I'd say that one day when I, when I was watching your fired yeah. going up. Later on in life, a vote for you will be a vote for sanity, yeah, right? It's, it's so weird. It, it, it is amazing, though. I like that uh, Scott Adams thing of like, you know, the, what does he say? He's like great. Two, two movie screens. It's like, the, no, sorry, one movie screen, but different people are watching two different movies on the same screen. Right. So you look at it from this angle and you know, you're seeing one thing and then people look at it from the other angle and they're seeing something completely different. Right. And that's something you, I mean, you witness it a lot on social media or when I'm having conversations with people and I'm almost like, are we talking about the same person or party or thing here? Because like, it's almost like the inversion of what I'm saying. Well, like, it is. It's it's different realities and they're yeah. ch- they're choosing to live in, in a different reality and it's one yeah. that's permanently outraged. Here's something that I... I, I I'm starting to consider or think about, which I think it's actually just hilarious that mm. this has come up, like they've come up with this as a solution, <laughs> is we're just going to ban conservatives from the internet. Oh, yeah. That's what we'll do. Yeah, okay. Uh, so we lost control. <laughs> in the DNC headquarters, right? All right. So we lost control in the last election cycle. Uh, who are the conservative voices that have a large following? Oh, right, we'll just ban them. Mm. And then all of a sudden, the people that were following those people will be liberals. Yeah. I mean, is that really, I mean, is it me or is that like the most childlike conclusion? If you ban someone's favorite conservative, mm-hmm. they're not going to suddenly become liberal, right? They're gonna, mm-hmm. they're going to double down and triple down their conservatism. They're going to dig uh, their heels. Potentially get more radical. They're, exactly. I mean, what a, what a ridiculous solution yeah. to then say, we're gonna have to get a hold of these tech companies and start banning different opinions. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's just like, it's such a, uh, it's, you when, have to be that, a Democrat to come with that as a solution. And then, uh, private, private company then they switch then they switch <laughs> right, right. Now, i'm pretty libertarian but i'm like gosh if you don't think like these companies have a complete stranglehold on the internet and people's thinking and beliefs and everything then you live in la la land right. you know and it's it is it's a weird one cuz we're living in a new time where you know that tech uh, let's not call it a monopoly but kind of oligopoly mm-hmm. is a really new thing you know you've never had a handful of companies really controlling to a degree the the public conversation and perception and search results and information people have access to and stuff like that where you know one or two companies can just decide to deplatform and unperson somebody in a 1984 sort un-person of way. Somebody. Yeah, really, right? That. Like Ale- yeah. Alex Jones just one Not day just unperson him. Yeah. Like just get rid of this guy. We don't like him. And people are always like, "Oh, well, you know, some people don't like him, so they don't, they don't want to rush to his defense." But it's like it's not it's not that. It's the principle. It's the principle. Like, I don't want even the people who think there are, you know, the, the people who think who I there's people who I disagree with so many of their ideas. They can be pushing Marxism, believing that there are infinite genders, believing that there's no whilst also believing there's no difference between men and women, like all this crazy stuff. And I'm like, I don't even want them deplatformed. I'm right, not saying, of course like, not. I, don't, I don't I don't want that. I'm just saying, like, you want the just apply the same rules to everybody. This is how I think about life in general. It's why I don't like identity politics. It's why I don't like intersectionality. I'm like, I'm not for any group or person or whatever. You're not going to see me waving a rainbow flag. You're not going to see me calling myself a feminist. You're not going to, I'm just, I treat human beings as equally and as fairly as possible. And that's what I believe everybody should do, right? All those immutable characteristics are largely irrelevant. Right now, I'm not speaking to you as 
a black conservative woman. I'm just talking to Candace as an Knowing as that we've had two entirely individual. different lives, yeah, right? Just, which somehow in some strange yeah. la land of loops that the left makes, makes us racist because we don't judge each other by the color of our skin. Yeah. Uh, we have literally, our lives couldn't have been more different. You grew up in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. I mean, which is to me fascinating. And we were talking about this. You grew okay, up yeah, under, yeah. A, a, under a theocracy. Mm. Um, and just tell me what that was like. I mean. Yeah, so, I mean, it's a weird one. So I don't want to speak for anyone else who has grown up there because depending on yeah because depending on where you live and how you live you'll have a very different experience I think so um I lived there for well over a decade um my my parents moved out there to work when I was really young so I went to school over there I went to an international school so where I lived was kind of like a compound realistically honestly it was like it was a bubble um but you would also go out into the cities whether you needed to do some shopping or you know, do do other stuff. So you kind of saw the difference between. So I got to see, I guess, real Saudi Arabia, mm -hmm. and then also the kind of expat bubble in which I lived in as well. But um, it was really cool to grow up there because having grown up there, and then also being someone whose family background is originally from uh, Nigeria, I've had a lot of access and exposure to three different cultures throughout my lifetime. So I've seen the the British system and the British way of doing things, and the um, pros and cons of that. The I don't even want to say Nigerian. Like I guess Igbo, like even Nigerian itself is very, very diverse. Um, but in Nigeria, there's a different way of doing things, and the systems are a little bit different. And there's different values and ideas and stuff that comes with that. And there's pros and cons to that. And then also with Saudi Arabia, which I think is um, in a lot of ways, I think it's quite a misunderstood country. It's one of those countries where people tend to have really strong opinions on. Mm -hmm despite having very little information, let alone experience, about. So with most countries, people don't really have like, if I ask you, you know, I don't, if you ask somebody their thoughts on Estonia, most people, unless they're from Estonia, don't really have any opinion or assumptions or whatever. With Saudi, everybody thinks they know the whole story. Right. They think they know everything well, there's about There's been a media it. fascination with Saudi exactly, Arabia. Because, exactly. Yeah. Um, so I often find myself defending the country. Because people, I find, have a lot of false assumptions or misinformation about it or whatever, or they think that they only see the downsides and they only see the negatives of the way that some of the things are done over there. And, um, you know, having lived there, there are, you know, just like most places I've been to, there's things I like about it and there's things I dislike about it. There are a lot of problems, for example, that you have in the Western world, some of the biggest problems that you have in the Western world that simply do not exist there largely because of the way they do things. So Saudi, for example, of course, the country is like 99.9% Islamic. There's no separation of church and state. The, you know, the laws in the Quran are the laws of the country. Everybody's religious. Everybody fears God. Um, super strong family values. And yeah, it is, it is strict in a lot of ways compared to the liberal Western world. Um, and you find that people in the liberal Western world can only see the downside of that because they're kind of viewing it through their own lens and perspective, which is natural and normal. But you have to remember that for people who live in a country like Saudi Arabia or similar, they look out to the West and at some of the things that are going on here and some of the problems that people are encountering and the way people are behaving. And they're like, what on earth are they doing? Right. Well, we could use a little theology over here, I think. Yeah. A, right? little, a little more theology. I yeah. mean, it's like, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I mean, so if you look, if you look at um, a lot of the big problems, say, in the UK or the US, okay, um, broken families, mm -hmm. homelessness, drug addiction, 
um, alcoholism and, you know, all the problems that are related to these things, kids being born out of wedlock, um, you know, unplanned pregnancies, which then leads to abortion and a whole cascade of other social issues. A lot of those just don't exist there. Well, because we're so So, secular, right? So it becomes like this first, and we used to not be, obviously, Mm. this is that we we build everything off of Judeo-Christian values, but it starts from first the the, the fall from God, Mm -hmm. then the fall from the family, Mm -hmm. right? Then the draw towards government Mm -hmm. and and the expansion of government, and everything else becomes absolutely insane, Mm -hmm. right? So I can see that perspective of the West going crazy because we we have, and and they they stigmatized God, and now we are in the process of seeing they're stigmatizing family. Mm-hmm. Unless your family is weird and disruptive and you've got, you know, um, a mom who doesn't shave her armpits and has pink hair who's married to <laughs> a trans man, woman who was a guy yesterday but yeah. is a man today um, and has adopted a child um, mm-hmm. from a country for, which, for uh, with, with which they don't speak the language, from which they don't speak the language, uh, then you're not considered the right kind of family today. Yeah. I mean, well, that, I, that's really what, that's the direction we're treading in right now in, in Western civilization and it is nuts. Yeah. Well, the normal healthy family unit is certainly not, if it's not demonized, it's certainly not as celebrated and promoted it's as demonized. it shouldn't. Yeah. Well, it's yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no, the I, nuclear it's, family is fully yeah. demonized right now. Yeah, yeah, no, I'd, I'd, I'd agree with you, but I'm trying to be a little... <laughs> broad, <laughs> mince, yeah. broad strokes mince, and all mince, that. Mince my words slightly. Don't worry, I got your stroke Yeah, don't worry, right don't worry. We, we got the two different approaches here. It's good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, and, and I think even people who are more... What, one interesting thing I'm finding, both online and offline, you know, I know a lot of people who are atheists or secular or whatever. I'm having a lot of conversations and even seeing on YouTube and whatever, a lot of people who previously were quite staunch atheists, even if it's even if they're not becoming believers or turning to God or anything, I'm finding that a lot of them are starting to understand the sort of power and importance of, of religion. Even if they themselves don't believe, they're starting to be like, hmm, as some of the things are starting to fray around the edges and morality is starting to become a lot more subjective and reality itself is starting to become a lot more subjective and people are just kind of creating their own individual worlds and trying to force other people to accept them. I'm finding that I'm having conversations with people who are like, yeah, I can I can understand the value of this thing. Like, I don't necessarily believe it, but I can see how having that community and umbrella for people to fall under, it gives you an answer to the, you know, the meaning of life and what, what I find with a lot of, um, I do find with, you know, a lot of people who are atheists is that they spend a lot of time and mental energy almost looking for a replacement for God. And that becomes government. And that be- can become that government. government. That, that can becomes become ideology. Radical feminism. Exactly. That becomes, and I talk about that all the time, yeah. all the time. And 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 people that have religious ties and they're deeply religious, um, as a as a rule, you know, of mm. course there are exceptions. Tend to have just more structure and more order in their life. And yeah. and I think it's because they believe, you know, it's the belief in just that there's something outside of yourself. Yeah. It's not all about you, you mm. little narcissist, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you should be as, uh, as, aspiring towards that higher power by living your life righteously. Yeah. Um, and, and I think it makes all the difference. So mm. it's interesting that you say, and I'm not going to be critical here because I've never stepped foot in Saudi Arabia, not even for a, a layover. Yeah. Um, and um, that you say that there, that you see yeah. even within. Yeah, I, th- I think, I think, you know, realistically, I think, you know, a country like Saudi, I think they're, I think they're, they're too strict there. I think, it, you know, yeah. it's, it's gone too far. Like it's, it's too extremes. far. It's too hardcore. 
Um, but I also think the modern West has also gone too far. We have in, in the, the other direction. direction. Exactly. I, I actually it, yeah, totally it, agree yeah, with you. Exactly. It's, so. it, it's two competing extremes, you know, yeah. and, and, um, and it's interesting because what, what it really brings to the forefront is just a conversation about, uh, the absence, the absence of God in, mm. in Western America, uh, in, in Western civilization, um, and, and how it's brought us to this territory that we've never, I don't think we've ever tried it before. No. And they, they're calling it freedom, but it feels, sure feels a hell like bondage to me. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's <laughs> can't weird. talk it's about anything, weird. can't say anything, can't do anything, mm. you know, and, and have to constantly be in this, in this place of struggle. That's not freedom. That doesn't feel free. It doesn't feel good. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's really interesting. I mean, I'm, I'm super grateful to, live in the Western world and I know I'm better off than well over 95% of the people in the world. And, you know, I've got very little to complain about and whatever. What I, what I kind of fear, I guess, is you don't want them to mess up a good thing. Mm -hmm. You know, um, if you're going to have children in the future, you're kind of thinking of what world they're going to come into and how things are going to be. Not, not just in terms of people always get obsessed with, you know, the, the economy and, um, sort of, medical progress and technological progress and all that. And that, that's, that's brilliant. But you've, there's also another side to life of spirituality and morality and purpose and all these kind of things. This is why guys like Jordan Peterson is, is having, he wouldn't have had such a huge impact 20 years ago. Right. He was needed. Yeah. It's like people were just, <laughs> things are going know, nuts. he stands up and he's, you know, he's like, Hey, yeah. make your bet. I mean, think about that. Yeah. <laughs> think about, just think about like Jordan Peterson's success yeah. is, is really a testament to how crazy mm. the West has become. Right. Mm. Because people don't even know what they're looking for. They're going nuts. They're mm -hmm. running around like chickens with their heads cut off. They're screaming, going left, going right. I'm a boy. I'm a girl. And Jordan mm -hmm. Peterson's like, Hey, hey. make your bet. And, yeah. That, like a voice that came through mm. and just assigned some rules, mm -hmm. right? Here are some rules, which means that uh, fundamentally people were were searching for rules and mm -hmm. searching for structure. They may not have known it, but just having that sound, you know, having that sound voice, yeah. just say, hey, man, what if you took a shower today? Mm -hmm. You know, what if you made your bed today? Yeah. <laughs> you know, what if people... you what if you walked with your with your pot with your back straight like yeah. a lobster and. <laughs> And, and, and now he's selling out auditoriums. <laughs> it's it's truly amazing. And being called a racist, sexist, bigoted, uh, oh, misogynist course, yeah. at the same time. The, the best the best way to get criticized, the best way to trigger people, is to suggest that they're not all that they could be, and wow. to point out that they have some flaws. It's it's, really it's true. If you look at anybody, it doesn't matter if you're talking about um, whether you're talking about behavior or you're talking about physical fitness or you're talking about mental health like what whatever thing you're talking about finances like anything where if you if you go, if you go to someone and you're like okay you're not in good shape you're overweight you could be in better shape and if you do xyz right there's two responses to that one type of person will be like yeah you know what you're right i'm going to i'm going to go to the gym i'm going to clean up my diet i'm going to do better and you know whether it's for myself or my family or my partner or whatever like and they'll do it. the other side will be how dare you shame me? You need to accept me Bad as I acceptance. am. I'm beautiful as I am. It's society's problem. Society has created. The only reason a man like myself may prefer a slimmer, healthier wo looking woman is because I've been brainwashed by the patriarchy and, you know, society and this and that. And I should really love obese women rather, you know, and you can be fit. You can be obese and be fit. And all, all, the, all these weird things where you're kind of like, 
no, like that's not. <laughs> no, so, that's not like it. that's just not. But you're right. That that right. is the best way to. Do your, it, that is the number people, one way to trigger someone is to tell angry. them that they they could be a better version of themselves yeah. because that's holding up a mirror. And that is why there are people are so reactive to me in the black community, and they're so angry because I'm hitting at something that they know already to be. They know. Of course, you don't need to tell. You know, you don't really need to tell a fat person that they're that they're they should maybe go to the gym and that they're not eating healthy and they can make better choices. They know, yeah. right? But somebody saying it is like, oh, oh I just yeah. I don't want to acknowledge that or voice in the back. It. Of my head, yeah. right? That is telling me that I'm not living my life right. Mm. And and within the black community, hey, look, black America, we just got to make better choices. You that's know what it, I mean? That's it. Uh, we got to put our families back together. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got to stop worshiping government as the as, as the end all be all solution to all of our mm-hmm. problems. Uh, we have to get set our alarms a little bit earlier. Uh, we have to you know focus on education, make it more of a priority yeah. uh, than the other things that are taking than then culture, which is taking more of a priority in our life. And that's it. And yeah. they hate that because in the same way, like I say, I'm nothing more than an alarm clock for black america right nobody likes an alarm clock no one goes to bed being like i just can't wait till that goes up and goes yeah. off in the morning and tells me i have to go for my morning run you should make right? that up the, it, but it's you, true. Should, you should make that an app you know i, I, I know right <laughs> can't own the alarm clock right but eventually yeah. you get out of bed right yeah. and, and and you're and you're happy you did it and you're happy you started your day because you had to and that's mm. where all i'm trying to be i'm like i'm not trying to be your friend i'm not trying to make you like me right i'm just trying to get you the heck up so yeah. you can li- so you can start your day black yeah. america yeah. right it's it's, it's amazing because so many of the common popular narratives are just about pointing fingers and blaming you know, it's all blaming, blaming, you know, whether you're looking at um, third or fourth wave feminism, this is blame men, blame the patriarchy, blame toxic masculinity, blame mansplaining, manspreading, man, everything. <laughs> okay. Men, men, men are the problem. If we can just fix men or get rid of them or whatever, our problems will be, will be fixed. Right. And then you've got the, the people who peddle all these racial narratives all day long. It's like, you know, the problem is the white man or whiteness or white supremacy, like whatever term they want to use, it's like that's their target. So everything, so I don't know how, if I'm looking at the, you know, a lot of people say I shouldn't talk about problems with um, black American communities because I'm from the UK and so I don't have a right to speak on them or whatever. But I'm like, look, the problems are, the problems are, are pretty obvious, okay? And they're not, certainly these days, they're not coming from, any sort of direct oppression or the white man, like you, you, if loads of young black men are killing loads of other young black men in America. How is it white people's that, fault? Yeah, you're not going to convince me that that's the fault of they anybody but themselves. Yeah, exactly. I know, I know, it. I know people try it. Yeah. And I find it incredible as well. You know, you've got movements like Black Lives Matter and whatnot, where so much of the focus is on, say, police, um, is, is on, say, on the police, okay? What's the number of black people killed by the police in the USA or the UK compared to the number killed by other black people? Oh, well, I can tell okay. you 98% of black people are killed by other black people. Ex- okay. You have a higher chance of getting struck by lightning than you do of being killed unarmed by a police officer there, as a black there, person. There we go, okay? And we we can say this because we've got black privilege, right? right? But if someone who were not of our race were to point that out, then I don't want to... Yeah, the stat. Their career would be over. I don't want to know. I don't know, know what, their, what their thing would be, right? And it's, it's similar in the UK on a smaller scale because there's a whole knife crime, knife crime problem. It's the same thing. Almost everybody getting, vast majority of people getting stabbed and most of the vast majority of people doing the stabbing in a city like London or another big city, it's young black guys. And this also, this is one of those things that I, I, there aren't many things that make me a bit emotional, but it's one of those ones that it really bugs me because it's like people are just skirting 
around the issue. Like people kind of talk about it, but don't really talk about it. They won't it. talk about and it. And I fit into that demographic, right? I'm a young black man. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't want, just like I wouldn't want anyone to stereotype me and think, oh, am I a dangerous person because I fit that stereotype or whatever. And then it pains me because in a way I'm like, well, the people doing this stuff are in that demographic. So I can't even completely blame that person for having some kind of potential negative perception that's, or I mean, what that's that's what you say about police yeah police officers yeah right? yeah and it, it and it's it's kind of painful because i'm like i do want this thing to be resolved like nothing and i also me want it to than... be not true right I, yeah, well, no, yeah, don't, exactly. I don't want it to be no, true that no, no. you know blacks I, are murdering each other faster than no. anybody else could and i say the most unsafe place for a black person isn't on the streets or in front of a white police officer it's in his mother's womb it might make you uncomfortable holding up the mirror the only way we're going to fix the community is if we actually talk about what the issues are and the yeah. issue is not the white man the issue no. is the fact that you guys will have a full conver you will have a two-year conversation about charlottesville mm. and you will not talk about what's happened no. on the streets of chicago the streets no. of Baltimore, the fact that there isn't a single, uh, they couldn't find a single black child across five schools in, Balt in Baltimore that was efficient in reading or writing. Literacy rates, what it means to be illiterate. Yeah. How about that being something that we took away from slavery? Why the masters didn't want us to be able to read? Yeah. We aren't educated, which makes it very easy for the media to manipulate us. And it's that ignorance of thinking that you can't have a factual based conversation, depending on where you live, where yeah, you reside, the color of your skin or your gender or your sex, that is, is leaving black America behind. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I, I often say, in whether you're talking about the, the UK or the USA, I mean, I think racial issues are, there's more tension in the US than there is in the UK, but the UK is kind of like catching onto it as well in a weird way, like I was saying before. Sneeze, like it's weird. Yeah, yeah, it's really weird. Like people here are now starting to want to, you know, have these same conversations and create a history that isn't really the same history and whatnot. I mean, I was like, look, okay, if uh, you were talking about I don't really like to use the term black community, but let's use it because people do. Black community in America, right? Um, if you could snap your fingers and get rid of all the racism in the USA, right, overnight, just snap your fingers, all all racism is gone. All sexism is gone. Are those problems still going to be there? Of course they are. Exactly. Of course they are. This, I, this, I say this, this. is the thing, right? And it's just like, well, why is all the focus, why is 99% of your focus here when, I don't, to, to me, it's like, I don't know. Imagine I, I, don't, I get shot in the leg and I'm like bleeding out from the leg. And then like I have, like, a, mosquito, oh, have, a, I have a mosquito bite on my shoulder, yeah. okay? And I'm here like trying to treat the mosquito <laughs> while, while I'm bleeding out from the leg. And I'm just like, exactly I don't get this. Exactly the same analogy I use. I'm like, yeah. it's like the house is burning down yeah. and you're concerned with the fact that like the toilet's not flushing, yeah. right? And it's you're crazy. like, I just, I got to fix this toilet, man. I, I really got, it's like the house is burning down, guys. Mm. We're all going to die yeah. because the house is burning down. And you're exactly right. If you systematically were somehow able to remove every single racist thought, racist idea, racist person from America, mm. the problems in black America would be still the exact same. There would there. be no progress and we would still actually be digressing as a community and as a whole. Mm. And, but that's not something that makes people comfortable. And here's this, and I'll say this, it's the most controversial thing that I've said Go for it. behind closed doors. <laughs> if you are in fact a white supremacist living in America today, the best thing you can do is sit back and enjoy the show. Yikes. Sit back and enjoy the show because mm. well, why go kill a black person when you know that at faster rates, black people are killing black people, right? Why go advocate, uh, even speak to the black community about the population when you know that we're aborting our children at a faster rate? Sit back and enjoy the show. because mm. Why do anything in the public school system when you know that right now literacy rates are dropping within the black community and nobody's talking about it? Do nothing if you yeah. are a white supremacist in America. And that is a very sad, hard truth to hit at. And I'm going to get in trouble for it because you know why? It's true. 
And people don't like truths because not, truths don't always feel good. Nope. Ooh, that was powerful. Thank you. <laughs> I'm not sure what to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're going to have two minutes to say something because okay. <laughs> we wrap every episode of The Candace Owens Show by giving you a spotlight in two minutes to look into this camera and to share something with the world. It's like leaving a, a video okay. message for the world. Oh, wow. And so let's pretend that whatever you say, the entire world is going to abide by and, and get into line. So you better make it deep and thought-provoking. Okay, Don't wow. mess up. Dana is going to put the timer on. <laughs> on your mark, get set, go. Okay, so what's up? This is Zuby, independent rapper, author, podcaster. My message to everybody out there will be, first of all, to speak the truth. Don't be afraid. Don't be cowed. Don't feel like you need to koto to any belief system or ideology or politician or political party. Speak the truth all the time to your friends, to your family, on Twitter, on Facebook, wherever you are. Don't be afraid to speak the truth and to state your opinions. Don't be afraid to have difficult conversations. It might seem hard in the short term, but trust me, in the long term, it's worth it because you don't want to be carrying around that burden all the time. Next thing I want to say is online and offline. Remember, you're always talking to human beings. Be kind to people, right? Be kind. Try to have empathy. Try to understand different worldviews. Don't just be so quick to demonize somebody because they don't hold your position on a certain issue. Talk about things. Be an adult. Just don't be an a-hole, for lack of a better term. Just be kind to people be decent. And finally, to work on yourself. Work on yourself physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Create the best version of yourself that you can. That should be your biggest mission. And while you're in the process of doing that, do your best to help out other people, not by going out and shouting in the, in the street and holding up signs for things that you can't change. But work on yourself, work on your family, work on your friends, work on your people around you, and the world will become a better place. Signing off, Zuby the Rapper. There we go. Thank you guys for watching the latest episode of The Candace Owens Show. I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. As many of you guys already know, PragerU is a 501c3 nonprofit organization, which means we need your help to keep all of our content free to the public. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation today. I would really appreciate your support.